This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to Clued In with Lou Carbone, a thought-provoking opportunity to expand your perspectives and advance the impact you can make in the CX, EX, and patient experience space. Lou's undeniable combination of the depth of experience and knowledge in this space is unparalleled. As a driver inside organizations as well as consulting, Lou offers distinctive thought stimulation, is a dedicated mentor and teacher. Hi, this is Luke Carbone, and welcome to Clued In. Wishing you great experiences today and every day. Title of today's podcast is Let the Pixie Dust Fall Where It May. The impact of Disney on my life and the lives of many people is so profound. But I was very blessed with a very distinctive opportunity And I'd like to share that with you, because it is really about the impact that my view of the world and the construct of understanding latent acuity, those things that we aren't even aware of, that we're aware of in experiences, had its foundation in influencing my thinking about experiences. It dates back to a time when I was just out of college as a young journalist. And I had the opportunity to conduct an interview with a Disney Wet Enterprises, what was called Wet Enterprises at at the time, Imagineer. He had come back to Greenville, Pennsylvania, where I worked on a small paper This paper was America's smallest daily newspaper. And I had this assignment that was given to me in the late afternoon to interview someone who was returning to this hometown, a town of 10,000, as a hero uh, who was about to get married. And his name was George McGinnis. And George McGinnis created the attractions and worked on things like the people mover, the monorail, in the early Disney era in California, and later developed 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and a number of other uh, attractions at Disney. And it was this view of George talking to me in this interview about every detail, every aspect of what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch, what the textures are, that was so impressive to me. George recently passed away and was one of the remaining, I believe George was actually the last Imagineer that was alive that worked directly with Walt Disney. That interview was really so critical to me 
George McGinnis was a unique individual who saw the world in such detail and was actually an industrial engineer, a very creative gentleman, but understood how to bring pieces together. That interview piqued my interest in Disney and seeing Disney in no other way that I could have been more blessed. From that period of time, I went on into a career in advertising. And in that career, there are two things that happened. One was while I worked at an advertising agency that actually represented three of the major participants, or what you would refer to as sponsors, at Disney. One of them was Eastern Airlines, the other was National Car Rental. And with that, I got to see Disney from the inside. I got to see and work with Disney on many occasions, representing each of these organizations and understanding how attractions were put together at Disney. This behind-the-scenes look gave me a peek of the idea that it's so critical to understand not what people think, but how people think, to create an impression. And that impression can be positive or negative. And we have to remember that the simple definition of an experience is an impression. And what I'm sharing with you now is actually my recall, my memories of an impression. The impression that George McGinnis made on me, the impression that working with Disney people over the years made on me, and the realization that what Disney had, and very few people have that natural instinct or ability of understanding latent acuity, which is how people really think versus what they think. And that knowledge of really this cognitive advantage that they had in terms of understanding that people process clues and signals. And from that, we create impressions. Now, those impressions will affect the behavior of consumers, employees, etc. I was fascinated by the number of people that worked at Disney and the storytelling and the clues embedded in that storytelling. I recall Dick Nunes, who was the president of Disney Attractions at the time, telling me a story about standing in Orlando in the marshes after Disney had bought acres and acres and hundreds of acres of swampland and area that would become Walt Disney World. Because Walt Disney wanted control of a, an area and did not want to be encroached, they bought this massive amount of property with realtors coming into Orlando under different company names, buying up property separately. 
But Dick Nunes told a story about standing in an open field and looking out on a lake. And as they looked out on the lake, Walt Disney was looking in the opposite direction of where the lake was. And Walt Disney began to describe the lake and what that lake would be like at the entrance of Disney at the Magic Kingdom. And as Disney described this, Dick Nunes thought, my gosh, he's looking in the wrong direction as he's describing this lake. Dick then called Walt's attention to the fact that he was looking away from the lake. And Disney said, no, we're going to fill that lake in and we're going to create a new lake. We're going to design the lake exactly the way we want to design it to create the effect that we want to create. Often, we settle for accepting experiences as they are. At Disney, they refer to the magic that takes place, the impression that's made as pixie dust. What I believe is that Disney was a cartoonist and he had four frames to make an emotional connection, an unconscious impression that we would then intellectualize and rationalize in a cartoon. Disney was the ultimate in creating clues and clue consciousness. The fact that the language was different at Disney in terms of referring to customers as guests. Disney was not afraid to take bold chances. Disney was inspirational and is inspirational to many. But I firmly believe that in some ways, the simplicity of the construct around managing clues, clues that are functional, that deal with the functionality of the good or service, clues that are humanic, that are emitted by humans in the experience, clues that are the mechanics, the, the mechanic and physical aspects of an experience, come together to create that impression. There are times that I believe the simplicity of that concept is even lost by Disney. So when we look at the opportunities before us, when we look at the challenges that we have in experience management, there is no greater opportunity than to align ourselves with understanding how our constituency, whether it is employees, whether it is customers, whether it's patients, whether it's families, the opportunity to begin to see and to experience those sensations, those impressions that are made and registered 
by clues that are embedded in an experience. So when you come into Disney and walk onto Main Street in the Magic Kingdom, it's actually built on a forced perspective. So in the morning when you come in, there seems to be so much to explore. It goes on forever and ever. And at night, when you're down watching the fireworks by the castle, and you look out in the other direction, this forced perspective that it's designed on creates the illusion that it's a very short walk when we're tired. That's what it's like to be in and crawl inside understanding the maze of the mind and how our constituents think. So at Disney, this pixie dust, this magic, can be possessed by any organization. It is possessed by Apple, possessed by Amazon. And there isn't a company or a firm that would not like to see the world through that pixie dust. The opportunity to bravely look into the future, into the vista of what can be experientially, will actually carry along the entire experience. It's my firm belief that organizations can put off understanding and really beginning to mine the potential of creating distinct economic value because they become so concerned about break-fix. The key is to imagine, to think about what if, what if we created a lake? What would it be like? How would it cause people to feel? What would be the emotions that are evoked? When we think about the challenges that we face in organizations, when we think about the idea that there's more that meets the eye and it touches all of our senses, I hear and see so many organizations talking about experience design. And I ask, are you actually designing an experience which is multi-sensory and it is also consistent in terms of alignment of the clues that create that emotional connection? That is what distinguishes experience design. And how often do we really begin to design experiences with the rigor of thinking about the clues, the senses that are affected, the impact of those emotionally, or do we settle for process improvement, creating processes? Now, there are not processes behind an experience. I believe that there is a system. And there's a huge difference between a process and a system. When we think about a system, the pieces need to work together. When we look at the constructs around a system versus a process, how do they differ? A system 
we could take a Ferrari engine, we could take a Volkswagen transmission, we could take a BMW frame and try to put them all together with various other parts. And what we would have is what I would call bolt-on theory, which happens in process development often. Whereas in a system, all the parts have to work together. They have to be cohesive, and that's what a system of clues is all about. They're not just pieces that are bolted on. They're pieces that are embedded to create an experience, to create an impression, and leave an indelible mark on our hearts and minds that cause us to feel that we are loyal to, that we want to talk to others about experiences that we have. So when I look at organizations that are struggling to raise net promoter scores, whatever the, the score is, is immaterial at this point. The critical factor is, are you engendering the kind of bond that emotionally causes someone to feel that if your company went away tomorrow, you would be at a loss? As Jag Seth and his team writing in the book, Firms of Endearment, talk about companies that you would mourn if they went away tomorrow. These are companies that create huge emotional ties and gain great financial rewards over time. So I ask you, please, let the pixie dust fall where it may. Be open, open-minded. Think about the realms of possibility. Think about what if we did this? Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this session, this episode. Please feel free to contact me at Experience Engineering if you have any questions. I'm so excited to be able to share my life's journey in the world of experience management, the impact that it's had on my life and the impact that it's had on millions of people as we become more concerned about the impressions that companies make, the impressions that institutions make. Thank you, and I hope that your days and weeks are filled with great experiences. Thank you so much for listening to Clued In with Lou Carbone. If the advancement of the practice of experience management's financial and emotional impact drives you, please reach out to Lou on LinkedIn or visit experienceengineering.com or email us at info at Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.